All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. One half of the Stanley Cup final is set, and the other half, well, it's, it's pretty much set. Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live, presented by Batano. The game starts now at Batano.ca. I'm Tyler Yaramchuk, and he is former NHL goaltender Mike McKenna. Mr. McKenna, are you uh, in the same boat as a lot of other hockey fans saying, hey, get this Western Conference final over with? Let's put these conference finals behind us, in all honesty. No, because I want the players to make some money, Tyler. We need revenue. We need revenue across the board. We need lots of games. We need the Dallas Stars to come back and take this to seven. And then we need the Dallas Stars to win in seven. So I actually don't look like an idiot because I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. But the realistic outlook on this, Tyler, is, yeah, let's get it going, man. Foregone conclusion, it feels like. Well, let's dig into things and throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and talk about the Cats moving on to the Stanley Cup Final, the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, powered by Matt Kachuk and Sergei Bobrovsky. They swept away the Carolina Hurricanes. And listen, Mike, not to make it too simple, and we will get in to how the Panthers did this from a tactical perspective with John Goins later, but on the surface, it's the Chucky and Bob show, is it not? Yeah, to a certain degree, but I think you mix into those ancillary pieces that haven't gone as noticed. I mean, Sasha Barkov's been an absolute monster in the playoffs, and especially in the series against Carolina. Uh, you look at matchups, and he just wasn't going to lose them with the firepower that was lacking with Carolina. So I think Barkov's been phenomenal. But really, that hit that Bennett laid last night on Slavin in the opening minute of the game, Tyler, just it set the tone. Like, no matter what, if you look at scoring chances for, against... 
Like Florida may not have had as many shots, but this hit sets the tone. Like I feel like the Cats just play hard as can be ever since Walt Kachuk laced into him. Like this is as hard a hit as you can get, Tyler. And you just watch this and go, oh, because it's so clean. Like this is the type of hit that will change a game. It's totally clean. You hate to see anybody get injured, but they did, I didn't think Carolina had an answer for it. Cats are on a magical mystery tour right now, man. Bob was awesome again. Kachuk has two big goals. <laughs> How are you going to contend with that? Yeah, it felt so fitting to see Matt Kachuk score that winner with under five seconds to go. Crowd goes crazy. Yep. Kachuk's celebration, absolutely electric. But some controversy, Mike. Goalie yep. interference. They reviewed it. The call on the ice stood. I actually don't know if it should have. I think Bennett's stick caused enough of a disruption to affect how Anderson could play that puck. You're the goalie guy, though. Was this goalie interference? Yeah, dude, I, this is goalie interference. And I'm 100% with Henrik Lundqvist, who's on the TNT broadcast, explaining why it was goalie interference. Bennett's stick is underneath Freddie Anderson's knee. It limits all your mobility. Bennett put his stick there on his own accord. It had nothing to do with Anderson hitting a stick. He was Bennett was not pushed in by Pesci, the defenseman of the Carolina Hurricanes. He interfered with Anderson's ability to make this safe. Now, what blows me away, though, is that they only reviewed it for what felt like 20 seconds. And we're never going to get an explanation on why they deem there not to be goalie interference. I mean, does Anderson make the save if Bennett doesn't touch him? I'm not sure of that, but he didn't have the opportunity afforded to him to make this save in my eyes. So I was shocked by it. Honestly, and I, and I don't like it because I'm watching the U.S. broadcast and they're basically laughing at Lundquist as he's and, and it's always the same thing. Like, oh, you goalies, <laughs> you're a bunch of whiners. You're just complaining. But no, man, we know what it's like to have a stick lodged underneath our pad and how we can't move. And to me, it didn't feel like the spirit of the rule. So I hated that call. I really didn't like how quickly it was reviewed. And I wish we had an explanation. But regardless the Cats move on. I think they were the deserving team in the series, and it would have happened regardless of that call or not. It's probably a conversation for another day, but Elliot Friedman sent out the release that the league puts forward with their explanation of the call, and the explanation in the release was, video review confirmed no goaltender interference infractions occurred prior to Matthew Kachuk's goal. That's not really an explanation. That's, That's just no explanation. Back. I wish the league had yeah. more of an NBA approach to it with the two-minute report where they actually go into detail explaining like why that wasn't goalie interference because the fans aren't stupid. The fans saw that something happened. Yeah. I think they deserve the explanation. Um, but anyway, yeah, and you we'll, get we'll that from the Department of Player Safety, right, Tyler? Yeah. If there's a if there's a suspension, you get it. And goalie interference can change the course of a game and the fan dynamic. I totally agree with you. Let's get these explanations. Let's not have overhead pictures and screenshots of Sam Bennett's stick flexing because he's pushing it into Anderson so hard. I'm off my soapbox. Let's go to topic two. Yeah, let's move along to talk about the Hurricanes. Rod Brindamore came out and said, hey, we didn't get swept. And even though they did get swept, and I kind of got what he was saying, but I also thought it was kind of like a weird quote in the moment. Uh, but anyways, let's look ahead to what this summer holds for the Carolina Hurricanes, Mike. When I look at the way they got swept for, I think, the third straight time in their franchise's history, they've been swept in the conference finals. To me... This is a team whose identity throughout the regular season is they will outwork their opposition 82 games out of 82 games, and they play so hard. I think what we maybe saw here, one, a combination of them not getting bounces, but two, 
They need high-end skill. We've been beating this drum for so long, Mike. But in the regular season, it's great to outwork teams for 82 consecutive games. In the playoffs, it gets that much harder to just rely on outworking teams as a way to win. I think they need to go into the summer, and Don Waddell's got to be looking for a 40-plus goal scorer to inject into this lineup on top of getting Svechnikov back. Yeah, and it's easy to look in the rear view. Like, they should have traded for Bo Horvat or Timo Meyer, either of them. I wrote an article about it several months ago where I called the Hurricanes Stanley Cup pretenders because of it, because they hadn't added up anybody at the deadline. And that was even before it was known that Sveshnikov was out for the rest of the year. Pacioretty was out, and then Teravainen for a bit. And you hear it afterwards, Brendan Moore says, well, when you look back at us, for us, it's, it's going to be, in general, it's tough to get this far without your top players. Well, that's why you need depth. Right, that's why you needed a Horvat or a Meyer because you didn't have the scoring all season long, honestly, to really make hay in the playoffs. You didn't have the game changers. What did Florida have? They had Matthew Kachuk put two goals in. They had Matthew Kachuk score three game-winning goals in the series. You know, Carolina doesn't have that, and and I disagree. They got swept. Period. End of story. The score is the score. They had six five-on-five goals in the series. That's it. They had three last night, and their special teams sucked. So. I, I'm sorry. I don't think the Carolina Hurricanes did enough, one, at the trade deadline, and, and two, um, throughout the course of the season for me to believe in their ability in the playoffs, and that's what played out. And the hard part is, I like this team a lot, Tyler. Like, I yeah. really appreciate what Rod Brindamore does. I love their ethos. I love the fan base. I, I All that stuff, the barbecue there, all of it. But they need game-changing talent because last night they're best, supposed to be their best player on the ice, Sebastian Ajo. He was completely overwhelmed by the moment, sitting in the box, disgruntled on the bench. They need a big player in that in that lineup, man, to change it around. Here's the thing. I think the outline for how they can get it is actually pretty clear. One, $24 million in cap space. This year, they have their first, second, and they have a third-round pick from Philly. Next year, they have a first-rounder, two second-rounders, and their third-rounder. They got the picks to make a move like this happen. They have pieces on their roster that they need to make decisions on. Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, those are guys who will hold value around the league. Don Waddell can absolutely make this happen this summer for the Hurricanes. Excited what they can do in the summer to maybe retool things and get back to another Eastern Conference final and hopefully, for their sake, not get swept. Uh, let's go out west to the Western Conference final where the Vegas Golden Knights are looking to complete the sweep of the Dallas Stars. And Jeremiah is in the chat asking if, uh, or sorry, it was Barrow who says, have we ever seen a double sweep in the conference finals before? And I think Jason Greger said today on the DFO rundown it was 1992 was the last time we got a double sweep. Jamie Benn, not going to be in the lineup. Two-game suspension for cross-checking Mark Stone, or as he put it, falling on Mark Stone and using his stick to brace his fall. Um, what did you make of the Jamie Benn suspension, and what do you make of the Stars' chances to come back or at least keep this series alive past tonight? Well, yesterday I predicted a two-game suspension for Ben when Frank and I talked on the show, and, and that's what came true with it because, you know, Listen, I don't think players ever go out to injure one another in most cases. And I really, truly, in my heart of hearts, don't think Ben was trying to injure Stone. But I think he was trying to make him feel some pain, and it went overboard. So uh, it's just a straight-up dangerous play. Two games, that's reasonable. I just don't have a good feeling about Dallas coming back. I actually thought Carolina would be able to steal a game from the Panthers. I thought they'd win last night. I don't have that same feeling because Vegas has done such an amazing job of shutting down Dallas, especially five on five. Look at the stats on the right side, man. Rope hints, he was on fire. He's hardly done anything this series. Pavelski, nothing in front of the net. Dallas, their bread and butter when they're not on the rush and the power play is to get to the inside, get the puck to the net, get let Pavelski tip. That's exactly what Vegas does well, and they're not letting that happen. So 
I don't feel good about Dallas and Minnesota at all, especially with Ben out of the lineup. No one Hockenpah has been kind of, uh, he's been hurt and, and, and playing with us with something as well. And, and frankly, Ottinger just hasn't been there. So yeah, man, I, I would bet on a sweep tonight. I hate to say that. Um, but right now, Vegas, as well-oiled as they're playing defensively with the scoring on top of it, that's really come from one player. It's having Mark Stone back in the lineup. Simple as that. That team turned a corner. They now have three lines. The Carlson line uh, has matched up great against the Stars. So, yeah, man, I think it's a done deal. But we're also throwing spaghetti against the wall, and I've been wrong so many times in this postseason, Tyler, that I'm probably expecting it to happen again. <laughs> uh, yesterday, Pete DeBoer didn't give any thought to the question of who's going to be your starting goalie in Game 4 of this series. Yeah. Do you agree with the decision to go back with Otter? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, and I like Scott Wedgwood an awful lot, but Ottinger's got the ceiling, and he's been, he, he has been able to bounce back previously. Games mm -hmm. 5 through 7 are his bread and butter in series, but he's got to get through 4 to get to 5, 6, and 7. So hopefully he ups that this evening for their team. Yeah, if uh, Dallas wants to see this series get extended past this weekend with games tonight and on Saturday, they're going to need Ottinger to be Bobrovsky-like for the rest of this series. Let's move along and dig into an off-season preview before we get to John Goyans in the coaches' room. The Buffalo Sabres made some news yesterday, signing their captain, Kyle Okpozo, to a one-year, $2.5 million extension. Now, you might look at a $2.5 million deal for a guy who only scored 11 goals last year and go, eh? But what I love about what they're doing in Buffalo, Mike, is they've built a strong culture. They got guys who want to be there. Okpozo, a big part of that. I love that they're bringing back their captain. Pieces like Alex Tuck are a big part of that. Jeff Skinner has been great in that room as well. But now they need to take a step forward. It's enough of just being a feel-good story, in my opinion, or that team that's scrappy and right there. This summer, GM Kevin Adams needs to make some moves that establish this team as a legit playoff contender. What do you see as the biggest needs for the Sabres? They've got to stay to the plan within the context of filtering and some new blood to this club because they have to be better defensively in Buffalo, and that's not just on the decor. Now, I do think, for me, that's number one. First and foremost, I think they've got to supplement some of these uh, young talents that they have back there. I, I love what Darlene has turned into. Power is going to be great. Um, Samuelson's been solid, but I really think that the, the Sabres need somebody like a Scott Mayfield, Radoko Gudas, Ian Cole. You need somebody who's been part of a defensive culture and shut down teams with experience to kind of help guide your club through what they're going to be going uh, into if they want to go far, if you ask me. So I think a, a D that can be not just one shutdown, but a little bit mobile can help. And then depth. It's as simple as rounding out a lineup that's already got star power to it. I think they need help down the middle. I think that if that player can play wing, if some of the young players be able, are able to break through, it would help. So I look at somebody like an Eric Halla. He'd be a great fit, I think, at a reasonable cap hit. An older player, again, which I like in this scenario. I like the Sabres picking up players in their 30s because the young players are the ones filtering in. What the Sabres don't need to do is go out and spend big-ticket money on seven-year deals on players going to make big money down the road that are in their late 20s. That is not what Kevin Adams needs to do. He needs to embrace the youth and supplement, supplement them with some vets. And then you also have to hope Devin Levi takes a starting job because right now it's a three-headed monster. And I'm not sure how long Comrie and, and Lukanen can stick around if Levi takes that role. Yeah, I, I think you're bang on. They need to complement this core a little bit better, add some skill into that top six. I mean, the storyline and the vibes of Patrick Kane going and signing there, if he's healthy, I think he'd be an awesome piece there. And hey, they got $17 million roughly in cap space this summer. 
you can go out and I think you can spend probably $10 million on free agency, Mike. And I like what you said. Don't go yep. sign some seven by seven deal to someone who's aging, blah, blah, blah. But go pick up a couple of nice, solid, impactful pieces. Get a guy, veteran for the right side of that blue line. You've got Darlene Samuelson and Power all shoot left. Go get an impact right shot guy. Go get someone to add to that top six. And I think the Buffalo Sabres could be primed to make some noise next season. Would you have them as a playoff team if, say, Mike, they went out? Good veteran right shot D, good veteran right winger? Yeah, and especially if they get the goaltending. That's going to be the key for me. Yeah, I think they're going to be right on the cusp, Tyler. They're dangerous. Yep. All right, let's move along. Get back into the playoff talk with the coaches' room and John Goyans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. He's the head coach of the Cape Breton Eagles, and he joins us every Thursday with the Coach's Room on Daily Faceoff Live. John, a week ago, we sat and we got set for what we thought were going to be two long, grueling conference finals. Well, a week later, and one team's already moving on, and that's the Florida Panthers. Last week, it was all about the key battlegrounds. And I want to ask you, based on your pre-scout, kind of what did the Panthers do so well in this series? Well, I think going into it, it was it was obvious, right? I started last week with the forecheck, the forecheck, the forecheck. And the one area of the forecheck that could hurt Florida was the area they vastly improved on was not getting caught with odd man rushes against. Now, you go to the special teams, it was obvious at 4 for 14, Florida wins that battle versus 2 for 14. Um you know, the slot shot attempts were cut down by four per game and slot shots on net were cut by four per game. But at the end of the day, the odd man rushes against for Florida was a vastly different little tweak that they made to their forecheck as we're about to roll the film. And then the lack of offensive diversification of the Carolina Hurricane. And so you look early in the playoffs, they were so aggressive everywhere. 
they were just continuously pinch, 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 whether or not they had a reloaded F3. And sometimes you would even catch them in situations where here you go again, Forsling, you're going to hope and poke. Oh, I think I might get this in. And then a bad read by the F3 sweeping underneath. Next thing you know, a two-on-one against. And this was just continuous. They were one of the worst teams in terms of on-man rushes against. Mahura pinches down while two guys were in trouble. The F3, instead of holding the middle of the ice, goes for the big hit outside dots. Well, look at last night. Lose a face-off, reload, reload, reload. They cut their on-man rushes against per game in half. In fact, last night they gave up one. You want to win playoff series and you're going to give up one odd man rush in a closeout game, you have a recipe for success. Here again, you need a line change, but at the same time, you don't want to give easy breakouts. Colin White puts on the pressure, bang, two on four. Two on five virtually because Colin White's coming back. You're getting the puck out of their hands. Florida, right back to that aggressive forecheck. Anderson's got to make a play with the puck. The difference again, F3 is reloading above, supporting, and look at, bang, at the blue line, it's a four-on-four four rush. They were willing, Florida, to at times sit back and say, our F1 will be a little more aggressive, but we'll meet you with four. And again, here, turnovers are going to happen. It's part of the game. But again, Carolina's got nothing. It's a three-on-four. They're boxed out, and it's a simple play. Hey, Carolina, you got to get your forecheck going. You got to get your ozone play going, and we're going to box you out, and we're going to live and die by playing hard-nosed hockey and, and outnumber you on the rushes. Uh, John, I was impressed at how Florida's been able to up their defensive game, even throughout the course of the playoffs compared to the regular season. It's been awesome to see. Now, last week when we talked about Vegas and Dallas going into the series, uh, you predicted it might be a battle of special teams. Now Vegas is up 3-0 in the series. Stars are facing elimination tonight. What's given the Golden Knights that success? Well, first and foremost, let's touch on those special teams. You had a 60% PK going into this series for Vegas. They're at 85.7% just in this series alone. So I've done this with players sometimes. They're having a bad couple of periods in the face-off circle. I will judge them on that next period, right? Because it's all about now what? If they if they worry about a 60% PK, maybe they worry and they're not solid in the next round. Well, they seem to put that 60 way behind them and they're at 85.7%. But they continue to dominate the scoring at five on five. And because they score in very similar manners going into this series, one area that they really cut back on, which I wasn't even searching for, was, again, odd man rushes. They've cut their odd man rushes against in half and denying rushes for controlled entries against in half, well, not in half, but almost by 25%, the success of denying those rushes. So what do they continue to do? They continue to play to their strengths and again, I'll use that term, offensive diversification. They can score from OZP. They can score from the rush. They score off the cycle. They're scoring with depth. They're scoring off rebounds. They are forcing Dallas to get the puck out of their hands as we see on this forechecking play. They go through the trapezoid area. I love those trap goals. And then they're striking with low slot plays. And even here, you get caught Dallas with young players bad line change, 
And the way Vegas has been playing off the rush, they're going to make you pay. And they're plus 22 at five-on-five scoring currently. Fascinating stuff, John. Love the big breakdowns of the way these series have been going. And uh, hey, next Thursday, we'll be getting set for a Stanley Cup final in all likelihood. So uh, it'll be a ton of fun. Thanks for hopping in again with the coaches room. Thank you. Go Duke. Love the insight from John Goins. You can find him on Twitter at Gourmet underscore hockey. Fantastic follow there. Head coach of the Cape Breton Eagles. Mike, let's move along to our daily face-off inbox question. Hashtag AskDFO. This is basically a question of if you're superstitious or not. The Florida Panthers, they were all over that conference final trophy. They didn't even touch it. They skated around with pride. Fair or foul? Touching the other trophies during your playoff run. Fair, man. Just like Matthew Kachuk said afterwards, he said, we earned that thing. Yeah, absolutely. They did. Like superstitions are an absolute waste of time and mental energy. They mean nothing, nothing. So I love seeing this. I mean, these teams, Tyler, they'll give out championship belts after a game. They'll have big goofy necklaces and motorcycle jackets and all this crap. And that's going to somehow be okay. And then you can't touch a trophy and you won't win the cup. Get out of here. I love it that Florida paraded that thing around. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely awesome. I think you get so few chances during the course of a season to truly celebrate what you're doing, especially in a sport like hockey, where it's always focused on, okay, what's next? What's next? Job's not done. I love the perspective of like, hey, you're an eight seed. You just won three rounds of the playoffs. You just beat three really damn good teams. Kick your feet up for one night. It's not like they're going to come out in the Stanley Cup final and be less prepared or less motivated because they celebrated winning the Eastern Conference. You'll get a banner in your arena next year. That's worth celebrating to me. So I think it's absolutely fair. Uh, let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets for today. And just again, one game on tap here. Stars, Golden Knights. Mike, I'm with you. I think we're getting a sweep tonight. And I can't believe that the Golden Knights are coming into this thing as underdogs over on Botano. The game starts now. Botano.ca, minus 102. Pretty much even money on this Golden Knights team, which has been dominating the Stars at 5-on-5, five five, like John Goyne said. And no Jamie Benn for Dallas either. Why would I not take the underdog in this one? Listen, even if you think Dallas has a 50% chance of moving on, the underdog's the smart money here. Golden Knights money line minus 102 and a little dart throw on a guy who is having a hell of a postseason. Why not take Jack Eichel to find the back of the net in an elimination game plus 172? It's the best odds on the Golden Knights, but I'm not afraid to take it. I think Eichel's been great these playoffs, and I think he's got a big moment in him in game four. So give me Eichel to score. Give me the Golden Knights on the money line, Mike, as Vegas looks to sweep. And a quick note from Frank Saravalli on the DFO rundown this morning. Talking about the potential schedule here, the NHL apparently not going to make these teams wait all that long if it is indeed a sweep tonight. Stanley Cup Finals were originally scheduled to start next weekend. They could start them as early as Wednesday, according to Frank, if it is indeed a double sweep or if Vegas finishes off the Stars in five. So I love that uh, from the NHL. Let's wrap up the show some garbage time. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy about that too. Like, I, I hope that you know what's nice, though, is there probably will be a couple days off until the Stanley Cup Finals. That's nice for all of us to kind of prep. Yeah. I don't mind that for a second. And, um, I am curious, though, before I go to garbage time, real quick here. If they, if the Golden Knights were to win the Stanley Cup, do you think Stone or Eichel would be more in contention for the Smythe right now? 
Oof. Yeah, because you're right. Like the Panthers, it's definitely a two-horse race there. Vegas, I think it would end up being Eichel, but that's probably one where it'll be a bit of recency bias. It'll be whoever does yeah. the most in the cup final, but Eichel's scoring and even his commitment in his own end in these playoffs has been just awesome to watch. I think it's Eichel. Yeah, you're bang on with that. I think it's going to be a kind of neck and neck. I think Mark Stone, though, because of the perception of who he is, he's Mark Stone, the complete 200-foot player. Yeah. I think Eichel to win the Conn Smythe would have to outscore Mark Stone by four or five points if that were the case. So keep that in mind when we hit the bet segment with Baitano down the road here. And now going across the garbage time. Well, I got one for you, a little hot take here. Kyle Dubas, take a lap, man. Take a year off. Like, you just had a press conference where you said – I'm either going to be in Toronto or I'm not going to pop up anywhere else. And you've already popped up in Pittsburgh. Okay. And he, but here's the thing. I think that's fine. Go listen, go interview. Every interview is a learning experience in any field, no matter what you're doing. You get to kind of learn about the inside of another team in the NHL. You get to meet some players, hobnob, all that stuff. But I really believe that Dubas would be in the best position to one, get exactly what he wants a year from now, and two, to take a little bit of time to really reflect. I don't think taking a month off and going to another team does that for a GM that's been in position, especially in Toronto, man. Like, that's an absolute oven of activity. Like, you can't get away from it there. So for me, when I think of Kyle, is somebody who clearly values his family. He's talked about how hard this season was on them and how he didn't want to put them through maybe a move right away. Own up to that. Because I'll tell you this too, perception's reality in this world. And I've got this all in a piece on Daily Faceoff today where I explain it. But if Dubas takes a job right away, people are going to say, well, I guess his family didn't matter. Or they're going to say, well, what does Kyle really want? You know, what's his word mean? Like, this is, this is reality. So in my eyes, I think a year off to regroup is great. I've got a great example in the piece at Daily Faceoff uh, that correlates to what I think Dubas is doing as well. I think you'd be served by just having a nice year to relax a little bit, reevaluate, come back. Because the demand for Kyle Dubas is only going to increase. He's not going to have to stay relevant. He doesn't need a job right away. He will get a second crack at it. But that second crack is always the most important one for any general manager in the NHL. Because, Tyler, how yeah. many get three and four chances? Not a whole lot. You're a wrestling guy, Mike. Is there not a part of you that wants to see the heel turn of Kyle Dubas and Jason Spezza heading up the Ottawa Senators under new ownership this summer? Would that not be great? You go from Toronto, you're fired, you said you wanted to come back, and then they throw you to the curb anyways, and you and Jason Spezza, a franchise legend, go back to the Sens and win a playoff series before oh, the Leafs do again? It'd be something. Oh, I would love it. But I, I actually think the timing for that is a year down the road because of potential new ownership, right? You don't want a shotgun wedding yeah. with everything. And that's where I think a year down the road, it would make more sense for it. I love that black hat theory. And speaking of wrestling real quick, Bruce Boudreaux this past week on Monday yeah. Night Raw, it came live from Hershey, Pennsylvania, and he did a full-on promo online. It's on the WWE socials with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, both Canadian wrestlers that Boudreaux's close to. It was phenomenal. If he doesn't get a head coaching gig, he may be a manager ringside in the WWE before you know it. Woo. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, that was great. I saw that floating around on Twitter. Our producer, Alex Allard, who is in Ottawa, sends guy, says, and they trade for Matthews and Marner? Well, I mean, temper the expectations. <laughs> there, but that's going to be a wrap. Matt Murray comes show. back. <laughs> yeah, Matt Murray as well. You got to take him. Do you still do that deal? Uh, that's a wrap on today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. 
Friday at noon Eastern to break down game four of the Western Conference Final, continue our offseason previews and more. Enjoy your Thursday night, everybody, and we'll chat with you then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.